0: What's up, guys? This is MMA Gone Wild. This is Brent Sahadi talking to you guys here. I'm having a very special guest on today. His name is Chase Hooper. You can follow him at Chase underscore Hooper. He's the youngest UFC fighter on the roster today, and he just won his last fight at UFC 245, which I got to see live, which was incredible. Uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter as well at MMA Gone Wild and also at Brent Sahadi. You could find the link for this podcast in my bio. You can find it on Apple Music. You can find it on Spotify, Google Play, every platform possible. I'm really excited to get this guy on the podcast. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Hey, how's it going? Very good, man. Thanks for making the time today. How's your day been?
1: Good. Just uh, getting back into the routine of training and uh, trying to work off all that holiday weight.
0: All that holiday way? Did you get to enjoy the time with your family?
1: Yeah, more or less uh, running around all the, all the different places and whatnot.
0: So where are you at right now? Are you in Washington or are you in L.A.? Because I remember you telling me that you're in the L.A. time zone right now.
1: Uh, I'm up in Washington.
0: Well, don't work yourself too hard, man. You just came off a really big win at UFC 245. I was lucky enough to be there and watch you in your UFC debut, man. That was incredible, by the way. Great performance. Hey, thank you. Glad so, to put on a good fight. You took a couple shots early on, which we did see in your Contender Series fight, but it's huge how much you've worked on your head movement and not getting hit as much because in your Contender Series fight, you took bombs in that first round. Look at how far you've developed already. That's incredible. How'd you get there? Did you change teams or is it just a mindset thing for you?
1: No, it's just more focusing on um, on what I need to do. Uh, like The time I was on Contender, I'd only been a... Uh professional uh i'd only been pro for like six months by the time i was on contender so that's like such a huge leap um from then to now just kind of having more time in training getting to to do some cross training with some other high level guys and some high level camps traveling around and stuff but uh i've been with the same team since day one and um yeah everything's been working out
0: well man it really showed off and i was to be honest with you kind of nervous because those tamer brothers are no joke man that Swedish Muay Thai, it's crazy what they can do to people, and I watched your past fights before, I mean, dude, you fought a guy who was like 40 years old when you were 19, the guy that you fought who was close to your age on Contender Series, like, we saw you take some shots, but it showed how incredible of a chin you had, and then in your fight uh, at 245, Tamer hit you pretty clean, I think it was with like a straight right, it hit you right behind the ear, and it, it showed that you got hit, but you, your chin is incredible. Uh, I don't know if it's because of youth or not, but... I mean, even the commentators talk about it during your fights. What's it like getting hit in the face by grown men when you're still kind of a teenager? Like, you're just out of that teenager phase.
1: Uh, Honestly, he didn't hit me that clean. Um, there were, I think there were, like, two shots that looked pretty big on the, um, like, when I watched it back. The first one, I think he caught me, like, right on the orbital, so it wasn't on the jaw. It didn't, like, didn't, um, like, stun me or anything. And then the second one, um, was, like, when I took him down the second time, um, I watched it back in slow motion, and he actually um, kind of caught my shoulder, but um, I was already going into the takedown, so it looked like it was a big shot. But um, no, I was able to go out of there, and like my jaw wasn't sore or anything, and uh, it wasn't too bad. I feel like when I'm fighting, though, like it's not very rarely does anything like affect me pain wise, and I'm just kind of in the moment. Like the only thing that really hurts are the body shots.
0: So do you ever get that adrenaline dump, and then you crash, or are you kind of just coasting? Because you're kind of a s- slow starter at first, but then, like, even in your contender series fight, for instance, right? Like, I'm sure at one point in that first round, a lot of people counted you out, and then you had that guy broken between round two and three. I mean, he did not want to come back out and fight you after that. So are you used to being a slow starter? Do you do it on purpose to get the adrenaline going? That's
1: kind of something that we're working Past, I guess. Um, I've been trying to work on it. I think it was more just because I didn't have too much, or I didn't warm up as long as I usually do. Like my fight, uh, my last one before this for Titan, literally like two or three hours of me and my coach warming up in the back, and he was just kind of letting me beat him up and stuff, pretty much like a full fight um, before I went out there, and I felt fantastic. I feel like I just need a longer warm up to get me more into that into that, uh, like, phase where I can go right into it and just kind of jump into everything.
0: Does it affect you mentally at all, knowing you're younger than all these guys you're fighting?
1: Uh, I think it's actually a benefit that that I'm younger than all these guys. Because that means they just kind of write me off. They kind of think, like, oh, he's just a young guy, kind of bully him around. I mean, you can see that with Tamer at, like, the face-off stuff. He was trying to, like, scare me a little bit. I feel like a lot of people try to do that. But the thing is, like, I've been training for, like, 10 or 12 years, somewhere around there. You know, I've been training just as long as I'll be of all these other guys, and I have just as so much experience.
0: Well, when did you start? How did this all start? Because most kids, they don't get put into cage fighting, you know? They get, they get uh, put in a baseball, put in a basketball. But for you to be a pro in the UFC at 20 years old, what does it take? What, what was that road to get there exactly? And when did you know that this was your destiny?
1: I don't know, I just kind of fell into it. Like I started doing Jiu-Jitsu as a little kid um, when I was like eight years old and I just kind of stuck with it. And then I went through the natural progression of things. I started off doing like the local Jiu-Jitsu tournament. I made my way up to traveling down to California to do some of the IBJJF, the bigger tournaments and stuff. And then I kind of uh, just found my way into doing more of the striking stuff. And then I just kind of slowly progressed. I feel like I'm pretty... Good about committing to things and like sticking to what I want to do I just kind of did that with fighting and with all the training aspects of everything like I gave up a lot of my time pretty much my whole childhood to you know be at the gym and get ready for all these competitions and stuff and like I put all this pressure on myself to just keep getting better and keep, keep competing and uh, yeah I just eventually ended up here all the right fights all the right times
0: And so do you have the support from your family? And I know that, like, you're in a relationship right now. Like, how is all that support between the relationship and the family? Like, do they ever try to discourage you and tell you to go do a more traditional path? Or are they motivating you to keep fighting?
1: It's nice because, like, some of the other guys I know, like, their parents and stuff were, like, went to college for football or something like that. Like, my family isn't really, um, like, they definitely took the more traditional, like, working a 40-hour job. 40-hour-a-week job and, like, nothing, like, too out of the ordinary. So it's kind of, like, it's untreaded waters. Like, uh, they just kind of let me do my thing and kind of trust me with it. And, yeah, I mean, it's all me kind of doing all this stuff. Like, I'm the one that's committed to it, so there's really not much they can do. Yeah, I'd say for the most part they're supportive, at least now, being where I've gotten to from this sport.
0: Is fighting a really popular thing in Washington?
1: Uh, I'd say we actually have like a surprisingly big number of uh, fighters out here um, like Michael Chiesa, Cam Cecilia Mighty Mouse. The There's a ton of other guys. Matt Humes, GM is all out here. Jens Pulver's from Washington. There's just so many um, high-level guys out of here and it's uh, it's surprising, but yeah, it's pretty big around here, I'd say.
0: So I got a question for you. So Growing up, like right now you're twenty years old, you're six foot one, you're a tall dude. W- at what point did that like growth spurt happen to where you're like, okay, yeah, now i can I can really go fight like would you have fought if you weren't a big dude?
1: Yeah, there was a while where uh, where I was fighting at one fifty five and I pretty much just walked in um, like right to the scale, weighed in at fifty five i I don't really use my like size too much. So it's kind of easy for me to deal with bigger guys, especially with my jiu-jitsu and my length and all that. But I don't think I really necessarily need to be the bigger guy to win, but uh, it helps with the striking too.
0: Well, I was going to say, I think it helps a lot with your jiu-jitsu because like in your last contender series fight and then in your UFC debut, you ended the fight pretty much in the same position. I mean, in the debut, you had the that triangle locked in when you were on top and mount, but... You're you end up on top of dudes and they can't seem to find a way out from under you. And you're just yeah, mauling them with volume. Style.
1: Yeah, I have a weird style of just, I try to get to some positions where I can kinda of hold it down pretty easily. The mounted triangle is pretty hard to get out from, uh, if you're on the bottom and it makes it easy to start opening them up with the punches and the elbows and all that.
0: Do you try to like mimic anyone's style or are you kinda of just creating your own thing? Like who are your role models when you look at in regards to striking jujitsu, who do you take after in that?
1: Well, one's got to be my coach Jeff Oakland. Uh, I've been with him since day one. Like I was a little kid, I was watching all his UFC fights and stuff. I think I was like 11 when he made uh, his UFC debut, and it was also in Vegas. And he was coaching me at 20 years old when I made my UFC debut a couple weeks ago. So that was cool. Um, but also like Damian Maya and the Diaz brothers, I kind of like. I like how heavily they use jiu-jitsu because that's just a big um that's a big part of my game. I feel like that my strong suit for sure. That's where I'm most comfortable.
0: And so do you find yourself now wanting to get more involved in boxing and enhancing your striking, or are you just gonna morally perfect your jiu-jitsu at this point?
1: No, definitely. I wanna get my striking as good as I can. Um forty a super stacked division. Even like the top fifteen are just all like killers or the guys below that. So, I mean, I got to... The thing is, I feel like I have so much time, but I want to uh, continually keep working on all this this stuff. Like, I'm not even going to be in my prime physically for another, like, 8 to 10 years. By then, I can be a completely different fighter. Like, you know... But in the meantime, I'm just trying to work on getting everything, like, pretty well-rounded.
0: So you're not in any rush to be thrown in that top 15 because at featherweight, it is heavily stacked. So are you kind of just... Are you going to be coasting in the bottom and, and doing what you're saying, kind of just, like, warming up, enhancing your skills until you get to a point in a couple of years to where you want to break that top 10 area?
1: I think that's probably the smartest way to go. Like, I'm not trying to just have a couple fights in the UFC and just get kicked out because I take fights I shouldn't have. I want to take all the right fights and kind of, yeah, like, slowly work my way up and, like, build up the momentum, and build up the skill. Because the thing is, all these guys in the top 10 are, like, They're not new to the UFC. They've had like so many fights already. And I need to kind of catch up to that before I feel I am ready to take on some of the higher level guys like that. Just to kind of bridge the gap experience-wise.
0: So do you have anyone specifically that you'd want to fight right now? Or are you just kind of taking what the UFC's giving you?
1: I think we're kind of waiting until after the holidays to see what UFC says. Yeah, I'm just kind of waiting to see what they want. I'll take whatever fight they give me. Yeah, I'm definitely trying to get, like, another fight or two to kind of get my bearings, get used to the process of it, and then kind of taking it from there.
0: Are you interested in going up to lightweight again since you were there at one point, or are you pretty content at featherweight?
1: The thing is, I'm sure I'm going to have to move up to 55 at some point, but I feel like I'm going to have to gain a lot of size before I can get there. Like, Some of the guys that I've talked to and stuff that make 155 are like another 10, 15, 20 pounds bigger than me. So I got to be able to add that weight on and then like take it back off in order to make the weight. But yeah, if I get too big for 45, I'll definitely move up. We'll see where I'm at in a year or two with all the like puberty stuff and all that.
0: What does your training really look like? Are you doing a lot of heavy lifting? Because I know, you know, some people are are really dedicated to their cardio. Some are dedicated to their... Um, weight training, and some are strictly doing calisthenics and don't weight lift. Like What works best for you right now?
1: Jiu-jitsu, striking, wrestling and stuff, I do that all the time. But on top of that, I do swimming. Sometimes we'll do yoga. When we lift, we kind of do more um, like lighter weight, higher reps just to kind of get the more muscular endurance aspect of it. But uh, I'm always doing cardio stuff too on
0: top of that. Just looking, I was re-watching some of your fights and you have this ability, your your opponent, for instance, that you faced in the uh, contender series, Kawhi, I think it was. Mm. You, there was a clear point in the fight where we saw who was willing to dig deep. Between the second and third round, for instance, he looked completely broken. And you kind of had this second wave almost where you looked re-energized. You looked ready to go. Where do you... Go mentally. Where do you put yourself mentally to dig deep? Because not a lot of people have been in that moment where they need to dig deep, and it's kind of a scary moment for people to, to even think about.
1: I feel like I feel like when I fight, I'm always pretty like out of body. I guess a little bit. I'm not really feeling too much of the physical aspect of it, but I've always had great cardio. Yeah, I think uh, like mental toughness is a big aspect of it. Always coming up against as, as a smaller guy, um, training. I'm used to getting thrown around a little bit. Like I've taken a, I took a five round fight on two hours notice and I went all five rounds. Like cardio has never been an issue for me. I kind of tell myself like, hey, this is only going to be 15 minutes. This is only going to be 25 minutes. And then after that, I get to relax. So it's kind of pretty easy for me when I think about it to just, you know, grind through those 15 or those 25 minutes and then go on to whatever's next.
0: When you finished Daniel Tamer in the first round at UFC 245, was that the plan? Was it, was the plan to go in there and try to take him out early? Was it to try to get Tamer into the later rounds, or were you kind of just in a fist fight and saw where it went?
1: I feel like some people go into fights with, like, huge, like, 20-step game plans, but at the end of the day, it is a fight. I kind of was going in there to see what was going to happen. If it ended up being more striking, I would have done that. If it ended up Go on all fifteen. I would have been able to do that. I feel like it's more about being able to adapt to the change. But yeah, I I don't know. I just kind of felt like that was the right thing to do, and uh, it definitely worked
0: out. You know, as a twenty-year-old who I'm not saying you haven't seen much in your life, but no one really at your age, minus a few names, gets to get a a big win like that in the biggest combat sports organization in the world. And see the crowd reaction and feel that kind of energy. What was it like getting that win and looking up and hearing the crowd roar? Because I was there and people were going crazy for you, man.
1: It was a good time. I really had. Uh, I had a good time the entire week of the fight. I was just excited for it. Yeah, it's really gratifying to be able to, you know, come from a small, uh, small town, uh, like not a huge like super gym, and be able to like make it to this level at my age and to be able to uh like prove that my gym and stuff is like super tough that we have world-class guys and uh i was glad to be able to get that type of finish for all my teammates and stuff that have been helping me you know let me beat them up and stuff for the past couple
0: months does knowing you're going to be in front of hundreds of thousands of people like via tv and people there watching live like does that scare you how does it make you feel knowing is there any pressure that comes with that that you just kind of have to brush off how do you stay focused
1: Some people really trip out about that. I feel like I don't really care too much about the people watching. Um, At least, like, I don't think about the cameras and stuff. I don't think about all the people in the stadium. It's kind of like uh, more tunnel vision once I get out there. I've never really had a problem with it. For me, the more stressful bit is, like, the fact that I could get beat up or the fact that I could lose in front of all these people. It's not really the number of people. It's more just the stuff that i put at stake in my mind
0: i found you via social media that's how we got in touch with each other so you're you're on social media like how's the love is there love is there hate like what are you experiencing on social media after that huge win
1: i thought there would be that there would be more like hate on the social media than there was but uh everybody has been pretty supportive i feel like i'm a pretty hard guy to hate for the most part like i'm not uh like a dick to anybody as far as i know and i you know I don't look like a fighter, so I'm not just like uh, I'm not just like everybody else. I just am like a, a nice guy, and I try to be a nice guy.
0: Like coming out in that stadium, right? Like your music choice was Wu Tang, that threw me off. On Twitter, you were saying that it's kind of like the beat of the music that kind of brings you up and helps you get amped up. Like, how did you get introduced to that culture anyway?
1: So my coach, he's big into more of the '90s rap, cause he's from like that era. Like he grew up listening to all that stuff. So he was always playing it in the gym, and I kind of. That kind of made me also grow up on it. Like, that was my first real um, exposure to rap. You know, hearing him play all the 90s rap and stuff at the gym. Yeah, I kind of got into it. I've always kind of come out with either, like, 90s rap or, like, some other, some other rap songs that just kind of start off hard like
0: that. Do you have any other music recommendations for us? Because that song's fire.
1: I like a lot of Wu-Tang. One that people might not know about as much is uh, he's a Bay Area rapper, uh, Andre Nicotina.
0: Oh, yeah. Him and Drey Dog
1: are kind of, you know, from the same, like, time frame, I guess. But I grew up listening to his music a lot, too. E-40 and all that.
0: Do you have, like, the next Walkout song already picked, or are you still working on that one?
1: No, it's, like, a a bit of, like, a superstitious thing, but I always have my coach pick my Walkout song. Oh, that's cool. And I usually, yeah, I don't find out until he either, like, mentions it to me, and then I'll start listening to it to kind of get amped up by it or until i walk out like this one
0: so do you feel like you kind of grew up too fast or you still feel like a kid like what are your hobbies what do you do outside of fighting to stay you know young at heart
1: i don't know i feel like i'm still able to live like a pretty um laid-back lifestyle as far as you know most other people that are my age and working um Like, I take naps pretty much every day. I play video games all the time. Um, I play with my dog. I just hang out most of the time when I'm not at the gym. Or I'll make, like, memes on Photoshop. Like, I just get to fuck (laughs) around for the most part. And it's just because of this, like, lifestyle. So I'm able to, uh, you know, retain my youth, I guess.
0: Speaking of making memes, so I saw that you and Ben Askren have been, you know, cracking jokes at each other on Twitter. Have you built a relationship with Ben yet? I,
1: we DM back and forth a little bit. There's nothing like, nothing too set in stone. I'd like to go out and train with him or something at some point, learn some, some wrestling, but, uh, you know, taking things slow, taking them out to dinner or something first.
0: And so when you're at all these events and you're doing like the interviews and it's like fight week and you're around all these fighters, like, do you, do you ever see like the older guys kind of looking down on you? Or are they, they cool? Like you guys all good?
1: No, all the guys have been super cool to me. Like, Matt Holloway, because uh, he kind of was in the same boat where he got into the UFC at 20 and, uh, you know, kind of had to figure it out from there. He was super cool to me. Uriah Faber is always super cool. Uh, Jeff Neal, all these, like, high-level guys are all, like, super chill. I feel like that's the thing in the UFC is usually unless you're in the same weight class, uh, people are pretty chill because they know, like, you put the work in to get here, and so today, like, it's not, nobody's trying to prove that they're tough, because, you know, everybody knows everybody else in the UFC is tough. You have to be high level to get there in the first place, so everybody's pretty laid back for the most part.
0: And so, like, when you see these older guys, I mean, everyone has a different story for sure, but people have different reasons for why they fight. Some people, very traumatic past, or some, like, Calvin Cater, for instance, has, like, I'm not, I don't know him, I don't know anything about his past, but, like, people wouldn't expect him to be such an amazing fighter because he comes from, like, a pretty wealthy family, right? And I remember when he fought Andre Feely a while back, like, he was a huge underdog, and I think that was his UFC debut. He took the fight on short notice, and people counted him out because he came from, like, a protected upbringing, and maybe they felt like Andre Feely didn't. Do you have, like, anything that you feel separates you from guys that is your reason why to fight, whether or not you're judged on it or not?
1: I don't know. I feel like I just kind of, I do it because I like doing it. I don't know. I grew up a pretty, like, rough and tumble kid. Like, I was always outside, like, running around and stuff. I didn't grow up a rich kid, so it's not like I was just getting handed everything. And I kind of had to, you know, work for what I wanted to get. And, uh, you know, I'm used to putting in all that effort. I think the thing that would probably separate me from other people is that I you know, wasn't like I wasn't like a super cool kid in high school or anything. I was more of a nerdy kid that kinda, of, you know, didn't really talk to anybody and just like did homework, did my assignments and like just kinda of put in the time so I could go to the gym after and uh I just kinda of stayed pretty uh like nose to the grindstone and um it worked out.
0: So you don't feel like it was necessary to have some like troubled past or anything like that to be a fighter? You you see fighting as more of like a as a technical thing rather than an outlet to like get your anger out for instance
1: yeah i think some people kind of think of fighting as like a they think that they're living in like an 80s movie or something so they're trying to like you know live the movie but i'm just trying to enjoy myself i'm trying to have a good time you know not have to have a real job yeah i really appreciate the uh the sport aspect of it but it is entertainment so i gotta kind of catered to that a little bit. I feel like I'm a pretty normal guy for the most part, uh, aside from the fact that I'm like a weirdo who, you know, just gets beat up all the time for fun.
0: If you were able to kind of picture a dream fight for yourself, like guys that you imagine yourself in the ring with fighting one day, do you have any names? Uh,
1: I don't know. I'd like to see, I think Ryan Hall would be a fun fight because he's another big jiu-jitsu guy. Um, it probably pretty much just end up being a grappling match. I think that'd be super fun one day. I'd definitely like to get a little more uh, experience before I, you know, start stepping out to see
0: guys like that. Do you see yourself kind of just, like, hitting that point of becoming champ and then retiring, or do you see yourself, like, one day owning gyms and being a trainer, or, like, kind of... Where does your end goal look right now? Or is it too soon?
1: From the sport to you kind of, you know, be able to step away, I don't think I could ever really... Um, just leave it all together one day. Uh, I think I'm kind of committed to it for life now, but uh, I want to have a nice long career in the UFC, you know, some good fights. I want to be able to, you know, fight with some of the top guys in the world. And if that leads you a belt someday, then that'd be fantastic. If not, I just want to have a long career, stay as healthy as I can, get as little brain damage as possible, and just kind of, diversify my income as much as possible and just kind of try to leave a legacy a little bit in the sport
0: how did you know that you were ready to start competing against grown-ass men like as a kid you know like you were like 16 17 18 like when did you feel like yeah you know what i'm comfortable for them to put me in the ring with a 33 year old
1: uh i think it's because i've always been doing that i've always been going against older guys as soon as i was like 12 or 13 as a kid uh, I moved up to like the adult class in jiu-jitsu so I was going with all these like dudes that were bigger than me stronger than me so I kind of I just came up being used to being this smaller guy and having to deal with all these older guys trying to beat me up and then I started competing in jiu-jitsu against all the adults so I kind of just gradually progressed you know I kind of started looking past the fact that they're older or whatever because that doesn't mean that they're better than me. That doesn't mean they've been training longer or harder. It just more means that they they might be a little stronger or their body might be a little more worn down.
0: Have you ever fought anyone that you've had animosity with? Or has every matchup kind of just been like, like a blind date almost?
1: No, I don't really fight. Some people like to fight angry. Uh, I don't really care. For me, it's like I try to be as professional about it as I can. i say the most was probably someone like Tamer who's like, you know, trying to be a dick a little bit before. Like, I don't know, we're both just going to go in there and fight, so there's no reason to try to start anything before. It more just like when people do stuff like that, it makes it satisfying to beat them and to kind of show that their tactics aren't working, I guess.
0: In those situations, like when you're on top of Tamer and you're throwing elbows and you're tying them up, do you ever kind of like talk shit to them and (laughs) while you're doing it or you kind of just let your fighting do the work for you
1: no i had my fight right before contender i actually had a guy that was kind of like call me a bitch and stuff like in the fight but it was like as he was backing away i think it's just kind of like comical to me um i'm not really a trash talking guy like that's not my personality so i just kind of don't i don't gravitate towards stuff like
0: that last i'm gonna let you go pretty soon bro are you gonna be in vegas for 246 uh, I'm talking to Fight Pass. Uh, they might
1: have me come out to do some media stuff. All right, I'm maybe gonna... let me interview some of the fighters. It'll be a good
0: time. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be out there. I'm working on getting press credentials for it right now, but I'm going to be out oh, there be for cool. sure, so maybe we can meet up. But I wanted to get your breakdown for the main event, McGregor versus Cowboy, how you see that going.
1: I really want Cowboy to win, but I think UFC knows what they're doing. They want Connor to, you know have a good comeback fight against someone who's also got a good name. I think it's rough for Cerrone because he's like a slow starter, but Connor always kind of comes out hard. But we'll see. I'm I'm definitely rooting for Cerrone. I'd like for him to win because I just like his style. I like his personality and all that. I'd say smart money is on Connor, but, um, you know, it's going to be an entertaining fight either way.
0: And a lot of people on Twitter – because I was asking for people's predictions. They're saying that they think Cerrone's going to submit him. And I just felt like I'd ask you firsthand because you're so experienced with your jiu-jitsu. Do you see Cerrone being able to find that opportunity with such a heavy-handed striker like Conor at any point in that fight?
1: I think if he um, if can get Conor to more come forward to where Cerrone can kind of meet him in the middle, go for like a clinch or a takedown or something and get it to the ground, like he has really good jujitsu. But I think he just prefers to stand more. But yeah, I think he could definitely sub him out if he got him to the ground. Similar to Nick Diaz, maybe. Yeah, we'll see.
0: I tweeted, and uh, thank you so much for retweeting it, by the way, that we're about to do this podcast together. And it looks like we got some questions. About 25 people entered some questions. Um, is it cool if I pick a couple? Or did you want to look through them and pick a couple? Because you're tagging Yeah, no, it. go for it. Let's pick this one right here from Zan Bando. He wants me to ask what's his favorite part about being a young and hungry prospect?
1: I think just getting to like travel the world and stuff and, you know, just be this young and get to enjoy literally using my hands to be able to like change my life and kind of, you know, put food on my table and like pay my bills and stuff. Yeah, I'm just trying to enjoy the whole the whole ride, you know.
0: And the next one, uh, I know that we kind of discussed this already and you don't have a specific match, but uh, Arena Rome, she wants me to ask you which upcoming matchup is he looking forward to the most and why? Do you want to face guys that are more experienced in jiu-jitsu? Like, I know you mentioned Ryan Hall. Or, like, do you have, like, other specific matchups that you're looking forward to?
1: Yeah, I'd like to either do similar fights like Tamer where it's guys that have good striking, but I'm able to, like, use my jiu-jitsu against them more. The classic, like, old-school UFC where it's, like, like the striker against the grappler, that type of deal, where there's, like, these huge disparities in the experience and in the skill sets Or fighting other jiu-jitsu guys and kind of getting to see how my style matches up against them.
0: Connor Mayfield from Nebraska is asking, did you ever get those M&Ms that you wanted, and will they ever sponsor you?
1: Yes, Do- I got plenty of M&Ms. Probably half the people that got me Christmas gifts got me some more m and I'm all stocked up. We'll see if they want to sponsor someone that fights in a cage. I feel like if I had to, yes, I'm probably the most brand-friendly fighter in the UFC, so we'll see. most family-friendly.
0: Well, I think Snickers, they sponsored Andy Ruiz Jr. after he beat Anthony Joshua. So I don't feel like it's that far-fetched for you to get that sponsorship. That's fair, yeah. What were the custom M&M's? Were they the mini M&M's with the the afros on them?
1: So, for custom M&M's, you can only get the regular ones. But yeah, put little afros on them and uh, called it good.
0: Danny Martinez asks, how tight was the anaconda that Tamer put you in?
1: It wasn't super tight. It was more just cranking my neck. Like, he was super jacked when he got in there. And uh, yeah, he was trying to squeeze my head off.
0: Haley asks, what made you want to start fighting? maybe specifically like one thing that's a pretty broad open-ended question but yeah
1: i think it's more the fact that i came up training in the gym so i kind of grew up with all these other fighters so it's kind of i was able to like watch everybody else do all these fights and stuff and i kind of i don't know it's like more like all these guys that i would look up to so i kind of wanted to be like them i wanted to try fighting for myself and that's probably more um more of the reason why I ended up doing it rather than another sport.
0: Also, someone's asking if you're going to be in UFC Four. Uh, Aiden Murphy. He's asking like, what your What do you think your stats are going to be if you're in the game?
1: Oof. We'll see if they put me in there. Um, that'd be sweet. I'd like to fly up to wherever EA does all that at. I don't know. Uh, hopefully, better than I think they would put me as. Uh, maybe on like like, uh, you know, high grappling. Probably not so high on the striking.
0: I forgot who asked. Someone asked, "Who do you have ver- uh, in Khabib versus Tony?"
1: I'd say I'd ha- I want to root for Tony because I really uh, I appreciate the jiu-jitsu. I appreciate his like weird style, and uh, you know I always got to root for the American. But I don't know. Uh, I feel like Khabib showed how good his grappling really is against Foyer. Um, Foyer is like a legit black belt and he he was able to shut down he was able to shut down all of his uh movement on the ground so we'll see definitely a uphill battle
0: yeah i'm right there with you man and uh here's the last one david O. he's asking how do you feel about the shift of younger mma fighters that are more generalists rather than specialists when almost every current champ except for john jones is more of a specialist Uh, Khabib wrestling, Usman wrestling, Adesanya striking, like, do you feel like you have some sort of advantage from being brought up where MMA was more grounded just in general and everything's kind of mashed together as one art?
1: Being more of a generalist is that you have, you have to spread out your, your time and your focus on so much more. If you have something that you're more specialized in, you always have something to fall back on. And I think, yeah, I think that benefits me, like. I can go into a fight and know that, like, I'm able to hang with all these guys with my jiu-jitsu. So if it's not working out on my feet, then I can always try to take it to the ground and kind of work from there. But I feel like if you're just, like, a decent fighter that's well-rounded, you can win some fights for sure, but even, like, even, like, my teammate, uh, Joey Perotti, he just got signed to 1FC. I think he's, like, 12-1 and right now. But he's, his specialist, he's a specialist in wrestling. Like, he came up wrestling as a little kid he won state a couple times and uh like he went to college for it. that's kind of his thing i feel like the people that specialize in stuff more are the ones that are able to like put themselves apart from everybody else and kind of you know work their
0: skills what advice can you give to everyone who's going to end up listening to this episode whether if it's like for a younger audience or the older crowd any piece of advice from chase hooper
1: uh, I think find what you want to do um, and kind of stick with it. I noticed that too many people that I know or that I see kind of um, like jump around all these different things, like different jobs or different hobbies and stuff. And that's like, like I'd rather be good at one thing than like half decent at like 12 things. So that's kind of, uh, you know, that's what I think will get you the farthest. And it has, it's worked
0: out for me. That's great advice, yeah, because you know, a lot of people they're not, you know, blessed to have this one thing from such a young age that they know that they're going to do for the rest of their life and trying to find the motivation to keep pushing and find that thing. It's, it can be very troubling and halting and causing a lot of people to be stagnant in their life. So that's really good advice, man. Yeah, for sure. Well, Chase, I really appreciate your time, man. You've been on the phone with me for about 45 minutes. Um, I really just wanted to thank you for, you know, giving me the opportunity and the platform to let people hear this side of you and let me ask you all these questions. And hopefully like six to eight weeks from now, we can run it back when, once things have changed and the holidays kind of pass.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. You want to say bye to everybody? Where can they find you? Your Like your Instagram, your Twitter?
1: Yeah, so Instagram is at choop556. So C-H-O-O-P 556 working on getting verified. I don't know what they're doing with that. Twitter is Chase underscore Hooper, and uh, yeah, that's it for social media
0: stuff. Alright, man. Well, I'll keep in touch with you. I'm going to edit this episode, and I definitely will have it out this weekend. I'll make a post, too. It was a pleasure talking to you, Chase.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Definitely. Uh, send
0: that to me. Got you, man. Have a good rest of your night, brother. Alright, you too. Cool. Peace. Alright, guys. The man himself, 20-year-old, young legend, Chase Hooper. I hope you guys enjoyed. My name is Brent Sahadi. You're listening to MMA Gone Wild. And you can find me on Twitter at MMA Gone Wild. And you can find my personal account in my bio. And you can find this episode everywhere. Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play. Or you can just go to Anchor and the link is in my bio as well on Twitter. Um, definitely interact with me on Twitter, man. I talk to everybody and I post fight clips all the time and get discussions going so if you're new to twitter get on it and i'm looking forward to my next episode stay tuned peace